1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group Roundtable with our partner, Veterans Legislative Voice. September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is Saturday, September 24th, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cliff, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. and And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner and a familiar voice, of course. You've heard her many times, U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class veteran and founder creator of veterans legislative voice miss stephanie colada how are you doing stephanie
0: doing great happy to be here
1: happy to have you back and you're going to give us yeah. some updates on public policy va suicide increase when we understand we have some information on that and awp yeah. results and and what are what is awp is that the american uh, war partnership or is that something else i'm thinking of
0: no that, no that's that that's exactly it America's okay. war partnership there's so the V.A. and the America's Warrior uh, Partnership have published their own reports. And they're kind of conflicting because they say almost opposite things. Um, So the V.A. has released a report, which they do every year uh, for September, and it's mostly centered on the statistics on 2019 and 2022. And they report a decrease in um, suicide rates. And
1: we talked about that vet- earlier today with us, Steve mm-hmm. Seidman, that, yeah, the suicide rates, according to them, went from like 22 to 17. Is that right?
0: Yes. Okay. And, so, and so America's Warrior Partnership has found that, they, and that veterans are actually um, dying by suicide by a greater rate. But the study was done for the years between 2014 to 2018, so completely different years for the data that they're, they are talking about. And a lot of people get confused on this.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I would think that with Afghanistan winding down, or now basically just abruptly ended, um, yeah. that you would have um, some increases in suicide rates, unfortunately. I would think that would be the case. However, what I also understand is... The real numbers, when you pull pull back the onion and look at the real numbers, most of the people that were committing suicide are not Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, but actually veterans from previous wars, particularly from the Vietnam era.
0: Yes, especially it is the older generation. But then we can't disclo- we can't um, ignore the fact that um, for veterans overall, the thirteenth excuse me suicide is thirteenth on the leading causes of death for veterans. But if you're looking at an age group just between uh, gosh. Now I'm trying to find it. Um, if you're looking among veterans under the age of 45, uh, suicide is the second leading cause of death.
1: And it's crazy looking at the VA website, uh, dug up some numbers. 22% of all U.S. suicides are by veterans. So we've got a quarter mm-hmm. of all suicides, a little more than 20% or a fifth or a quarter roughly of all suicides are by veterans. That's that's a VA website statistic. But then the census points out out of 18 million veterans, we only make up about 7% of the population. So there's definitely a imbalance between suicide rates amongst veterans versus suicide rates amongst the civilian population. Something like a 50-something-plus yes. increase. Uh, you have a 50% increased chance of committing suicide just by being a veteran.
0: Yes, and there's also more um, There's also more things like the America's Warrior Partnership. They It's... Their study is called Operation Deep Dive, and they found some other really uh, interesting statistics. It's uh, the longer that someone served in the military, the lower the probability rate of them taking their own life. And it uh, decreases by 2% every year served. Uh, those that served in the military for less than three years at the highest risk at, uh, of suicide or self-inflicted harm that makes sense uh, or mentality. Me,
1: that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me when you say that. I mean, it makes, Does that make sense to you, though?
0: Oh, it does. It most definitely does, because uh, the people that serve the least and those that are more likely to leave the military in their first contract are the ones that are most vulnerable. Makes sense. Yeah, they they have zero power. They're more likely to be abused by uh, bad leadership, by sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, uh, hazing. They're more likely to get all of that. On them, and they have they feel like that they have zero power to change anything. and those that do stick out longer tends to have a better outlook on their military career.
1: because mm-hmm. once you plus you learn a lot of the tools and kind of get I'm, I' would say used to it, but you kind of get more soldierized, if that's a word, or more marineized yeah. or airmanized or sailorized, whatever it might be once you're in that system for so long, when you first get in the military the first couple of years, you're like a fish out of water still. You're still trying to figure out, you still kinda of have that you still got the shell shock from basic training or AIT and you're still yep. saying yes sir, and, yes ma'am to everybody and stuff like that. And then once you but once sure. you start getting used to it, now you can have a beer with the fellas and now you have a little bit of rank and now you kinda of see how the system works.
0: Yeah, you have a little bit of power to make change. I mean mm-hmm. that was my mon- that was my number one Motivation to get higher. I mean, I got um, E6 by the age of 22, mm. and I know it's really young. Um, and yeah, so when having that motivation so you can make some changes and actually do some work and actually help people lower than you, you tend to have a better uh, mentality about life and your service. There's something, there's another um statistic that they found it says receiving a demotion during military service increases the service members odds of dying by suicide by 56 percent wow yeah which is really crazy because uh which also makes sense because um those that are more likely to actually be demoted and to have that conduct in uh, judicial actions against them, are more likely reacting from a mental health condition, a triggering trauma, traumatic event that mm-hmm. happened, and that's also very common for criminals nowadays. A lot of times, the way that they act and the way that they do things is because they've had trauma in their lives.
1: Yeah. Now, so as, that's a weird statistic to me because you want. I wonder. My first question is: Is it because of what happened that got them demoted that wants them, that makes them want to commit suicide or more likely to commit suicide, or is it the identity that you have this rank or have this prestige or have this position and now you're losing that? To me, I, would, it's I think it would be the more the former than the latter.
0: It's a, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg concept. It's also mm. um, that with your mental health um, condition, it's so bad for you to act out in those ways. It, and then you go through a demotion rather than treatment and help. Mm is that would also be a very traumatic thing to go on top of all of that because you feel like the world's against you.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty scary. Um, But then the thing is, is that with the America's Warrior Partnership, that is very important to recognize with them is that they found um, a lot of differences and a lot of um, mistakes possibly happening because when a veteran dies by suicide, And it's not like within the VA's care, within their purview, they are less likely to actually be identified as a veteran. And so um, so about, who is it? They miss um, those that die by suicide veterans by 20%, but then they also could be identifying them as veterans with a 5% uh, mistake Hmm. uh, probability. So there's about 20% there that, you know, that we could have more people, more veterans dying by suicide that that, that we're not aware of. Um, the thing is, is that with that their study stopped at 2018, and to, towards the VA statistics in their reporting, 2018 was the peak, and then it started dropping off. So I really can't wait until they come out with more statistics. But um, the president of the America's Warrior Partnership is actually supposed to. Uh, be a witness for the um, hearing that's happening next week for the uh, for the House of Veterans Affairs Committee. So, what it looks
1: like to me, we need more um, more nonpartisan, independent study, independent research, third parties that are not involved with the VA system or the military system. They're not that, that are apolitical. That are hired to do more research, maybe university studies or something, th- something along these lines. Really get to the real numbers because. Most veterans listen to this broadcast. Most veterans around the world hearing what Mm -hmm. we're talking about are going to say, of course, the VA is going to show the numbers going down because this has been a big issue for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. We just, in the last, what, 20 years, just recognized the term PTSD. I mean, the Vietnam vets didn't get that benefit of all the things. Combat speech. Exactly. So, like, you know, all these things that, you know, that are now being and coming into the jargon or lexicon today of what we're talking about didn't really exist for the people that really needed it, the, I would say, needed it the most because those are the ones that are committing the suicides. So once again, the veterans are mostly from – my first thought was when I first heard this, when I came out of the military, I'm like, why, are these, why is everybody committing? What's going on with these, these vets committing suicide? And I heard the 22 a day. My first thought was it's the guys from Af- Iraq and Afghanistan. It's the new, the new generation. But the reality is it's the guys from Vietnam, the guys from those older
0: wars. It's also it's also that those that have gone to, that have deployed, um, they are more likely to have service-connected conditions to then they can get care with the VA. So, and they found, the VA has found that um, there is actually, those veterans that actually get help through the VA and get a mental health condition um, diagnosed and treated for, they're less likely to die by suicide. Um I'll try to find the actual research where I'm reading it, um, and then forty percent, forty-two percent of the recent um, veterans that used the healthcare system died by suicide in 2028. They didn't did not have a documented mental health condition.
1: Hmm. Once again, yeah. going back to screening. I mean, I think we talked about this before. I think screening is critical for when people coming into the military because mental health is something that we, I think, as a society, are just now waking up to. Yes. we're just now getting to the uh, to the point where we're understanding that just like you take care of your knees, you got to take care of your feet, you got to take care of your teeth, you got to take care of your eyes, you got you to brush your hair, you do all these things to take care of your body. You got exercise, eat right. Your brain is an, is an organ that needs attention as well. We just take it for granted.
0: Yes, and it's so important. And I know is going to she she's going to want me to say this. And it's still true that women, uh, veteran women are twice as likely to die by suicide than the civilian population. Thankfully that it has decreased per the VA reporting for, um, 2019 and 2020, especially 2020, because, uh, the rate suicide rate fell, um, by 14%, which is really amazing. And I'd like to contribute that to probably the increase and the rise of the conversation of military sexual trauma because it helped women veterans talk about that issue, how have healthcare professionals become more familiar with that issue, and then also the talk about um, their, uh, women veterans are less likely to get a service connection to a mental health condition or others because it was MST because they didn't report it. And when I say MST, I mean military sexual trauma. It's one of the most unreported crimes that happens in the military.
1: Now, because because you're a woman, you're a woman veteran, and you are also an NCO, I want to ask you Mm -hmm. this question, because I think you're the most qualified, and to give us a really good analysis as to what the the argument is pro and against, because this kind of trickles into other areas as well. We talk about mental health, and we talk about um, the myth that women are mentally or emotionally not tough enough to deal with military life. How do you address that? How how do you respond to that notion, and then also – what? How do you? How do you compare that with the the higher rate of suicide in women who are veterans?
0: Oh man, yeah. And I used to be a sexual assault response coordinator as well for uh, for an Army Reserve brigade. Um, so the thing is, is that I, I say it's BS. I'll, I can't use any uh, better words for it, but BS that women um, can't handle mental health things as great as others as uh, as men and handle multiple things at multiple times, mostly because women control themselves when they're being catcalled, when they are, when men are trying to get something out of them, when they're treated like crap by men with means, spread and means, spread. Excuse me. I cannot speak that man explaining, mansplaining, um, and many other things. And actually, um, she Hulk had said it best that, you know what? We control this rage in ourselves all the time, 24, seven, We're pretty sure we can, you know, manage it ourselves. I one of the things that it was really interesting in my military career was that I became a battle captain. If some people don't know that, will know what that is: is that you're sitting in a big operations office, staring at a theater of operations on a screen, and you're managing the logistics Mm -hmm. and everything that's going on. I've seen um, infantry combat arms NCOs and officers crumble in those type of environments, sitting in that operations room. But I had kicked their butts um, with it when I did it. And I'm not combat whatsoever. I did transportation and ammunition and ordnance. But um, having that mentality of multiple things happening at once, you can actually register, you can have that quick time frame so you can fix everything there's a lot of things that women are really great at because we're multitaskers and we can handle things uh multiple things in the air so yes women can do it it's the thing is that it's the mentality that women can't and if women think that way that's also very degrading to themselves and it's very frustrating
1: yeah i mean just from my own experience personally another uh, um, uh actually a father of a vet told me this. i think it's, it's his son passed away it was a navy. It was a sailor in the navy. Um, he mentioned that when under stress and duress, if when everybody is else is trying to figure out how they how to get the bad guys off the plane, if if it came down to it and it was the only option available, the woman's the one who is going to make the decision to take down the whole plane if necessary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because they have a self-sacrificing gene in them. It comes with being a mother. That's very common in in known studies, Um, and the other thing about with women is that they are the smallest. They're they're the smallest demographic uh, amongst veterans. They do have the least amount. They have the the most amount of services not available to them because of their gender, and so a lot of times women veterans are not comfortable with speaking about MST, especially for mental health services, is because they're more likely to be surrounded by men. Um, treated by professionals that don't understand. And for many VA hospitals, their first line of defense for treating mental health cases are actually with groups, group therapy. And for a lot of MST survivors, that is a very scary battlefield that they would never want to go into. And so there is a big um, wall for veterans, women veterans, to talk about those things. And so it's pretty scary for them.
1: So what are we what's the conversation around now with multiple tours because now we have an all volunteer military for the most part although I mean it's not it's not out of the question in our constitution and in our congress that we might have a draft if if the conflict were to arise such a conflict were to arise but as of right now pretty much is a volunteer military what's mm-hmm. being addressed with multiple tours of duty because that has a big impact on PTSD the more trauma you're exposed to of course you're going to have you're going to have some issues coming back you're going to have memories you're going to have flashbacks the bad dreams, nightmares and things like that. What are we doing about that?
0: It's it's still the combination of group therapy. Uh there's um there's options between outpatient, um, residential, there's also intensive outpatient that has popped up during COVID, um, which is that they stay at the veterans get to stay at their homes and they do everything um virtually. Um, but what, I, what training, I mean is it's
1: like for as yeah. far as is anybody uh, may bringing to the issue to the to the military or the VA about maybe trying to curb how many tours of duty people are doing now because before Ooh. people would do one or two tours now guys are doing five, six, seven tours yeah. you know back to back to back to back staying overseas.
0: Yeah, they haven't they haven't brought that up and that's mostly because of the separation between the VA and DOD. Um, there's been a lot of crosstalk between the two agencies recently especially for suicide. But I have not heard that conversation come up yet.
1: Now, that's the conversation you need to be talking about. And then you mentioned yes. also too about COVID. Um, there's a lot of research on the civilian side that talks about some of the unintended consequences, of the collateral damage of being locked up or being uh, um, staying in place, sheltering in place, uh, where you weren't, people weren't uh, going out, they were locked or locked in their houses for extended periods of time because they couldn't go to work because their work was shut down or whatever. Haven't mm-hmm. what type of psych- psychology um, what's the psychological impact of that as it plays into maybe with the veteran population, perhaps you would think, and cause a lot of, I mean, I've had this conversation with other people that are tracking these numbers, the guys that do this for a living, tracking these numbers. And they're saying that they're getting information from the CDC and from other places that the death tolls and death rates have not really slowed down that much since 2020.
0: Yeah. And honestly, um, the thing is is that this VA report actually did a study from the beginning of, um, you know, late March and they didn't find any increases on on the VA site documented suicides on con, um, on campus suicides, and then their emergency department visits for suicide attempts. Um, to me, it does because everybody's terrified of going into the hospital and catching COVID or anything else when you go in. Because a lot of times when you have something that it, it's not you know. If your leg's not falling off, you're not going to go to the ER because there's COVID. Mm -hmm. So to me, that doesn't make so much sense. The VA really didn't do any more study past that, which is very frustrating. Mm. But the veterans crisis line has increased. It did increase in their numbers of taking calls. Um, I know that the um, numbers went through the roof when they were going through the Afghanistan withdrawal, but it was already high before that. Um, Thankfully, though, they are being supported now under, I think it was 998 or 988, um, that uh, now number, three-digit number that they can now call to then um, be re- sent through to the veterans crisis line. So they're centrally supported by other national suicide crisis lines. So it's, um, it's a little bit of a better, well-rounded effort that they can actually get some e- funding e- uh, more easily uh, made available to them.
1: Well, wow. any last words before we go? we got about a minute left.
0: Um, for, you were correct about the women, veter- the women service members leaving uh, the military for the pregnancies. That was 1976. That was the second district court case that took that rule out. And uh, every, anybody that are going to be in the D.C. area, there will be reproductive events happening in uh, the D.C. area next week. Look up hashtag uniformaccess. Thank you.
1: Stephanie Collado, it was a pleasure to have you. It's got great information. One of my favorite guest partners on our America's Heroes Group. Appreciate you. Love you so much. Bye. Thank you. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.